Daniel, I want to pivot away really quick. Oh yeah. Pivot. Yeah, I, I just want to. I just want to pivot away from the oil <laughs> industry real quick to tell you a little story that I read in Vanity Fair. It's coming out uh, in a book. It was an excerpt from a book by Mark Randolph. And the story he was is nuts, the, dude. He was one of the co-founders and the first CEO of Netflix. And the book is called That Will Never Work, the book, or excuse me, The Birth of Netflix and the Amazing Life of an Idea. And it details the story about Netflix, the uh, three kind of guys that were running Netflix very, very early on in the year 2000. Mark Randolph, the writer of the book, uh, the first you know CEO, one of the co-founders, his co-founder, Reed Hastings, who's the current CEO of Netflix, and their CFO, Barry McCarthy, all traveled from California to Dallas for a meeting with the executives from Blockbuster. And so uh, this, this uh, article is in Vanity Fair, and it goes on to explain just the intricate details of that meeting and how they made this big trip. They pulled up to Renaissance Tower, which is right next door to the building that we're in right now, actually. You can look out a window and see Renaissance Tower. And it details just their pitch to Blockbuster. And they walked in and they said, hey, look, here's the thing. We know we're a small company, but we're more equipped to deal with what's going on on the, you know, the Internet side of things. The fact of the matter is that the majority of Blockbuster users, while they had like over 20 million active users, you know, a month at the time, Blockbuster's users largely did not like the company. They just didn't have an alternative, right? <laughs> right. Like, Family video wasn't accessible enough. <laughs> exactly. Well, everything from poor selection to, you know, not well-kept stores to Oh, my God. DVDs, like, gashed down the yes. middle and put back in the box. Yes. Very few people, like, you may have enjoyed the experience of going to Blockbuster and picking out a movie and, like, that family-type thing, but... By and large, you didn't have good feelings about the brand of Blockbuster. Right. It was simply what they provided was the only way to get that. Right. And so they walked in and they sat down and they said, hey, look, like we noticed these things, you know, and they said, you know, the, the CEO of Blockbuster at the time, uh, John Antiaco, uh, was like, okay, so what are you looking for? And they were like, what if we partnered together? You bought us out for $50 million. $50 million. Which is like chump change now when you talk about how big Netflix is and how absolutely dead Blockbuster is. Exactly. It's just, it's nuts, right? I love these kind of stories because they show that you have to have good instinct if you want to be a successful businessman or woman or person, whatever. It, it, you need to know when the market is shifting mm -hmm. and be open to change. Exactly. All of these CEOs, leaders, whatever, and anyone that is extremely stubborn in adapting to the shifts in the market and to analyzing, even if you are the leader, where your own faults lie, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you are too close-minded, narrow-minded on that, you are going to get destroyed by the next movement. Um, and I think we're honestly starting to hit that point with streaming as well, because at the end of the day, consumers are paying for like cable packages at this point if they want to consume all the content that they, you know, used to get. Exactly. Right. And so it, it's a totally different conversation. Netflix kind of plays into that. But but still, this idea of content consumption and how we get media to the end user is, I think, such a fluctuating conversation. I think Netflix isn't even like the final, right. oh, we solved it. 
Right. You know, there is there's another step. I'm not sure what that is, but Buster did not have the <laughs> the big vision. And I don't know. I just I love these stories. I love these kind of like fly on the wall stories about business meetings and um, they just reveal so much about people's instincts, business instincts, um, and and how they win and how they lose. One hundred percent. If you talk to people from you know previous generations and you talk about Sears, Sears used to be Amazon. Like they brought everything under one roof, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, Sears is invincible. Sears was putting out of business mom and pop stores and things like that. And Sears was the big evil. And I think it's important to remember that every business, no matter how large, is one decision, one innovation away from being extinct and being gone. And all of a sudden, no more Sears. All of a sudden, no more Blockbuster Video. And it wasn't it wasn't this, you know, gigantic thing. It was it was an idea that was sitting right there in their lap that they decided to ignore. And so you're always one innovation away from being extinct from being a dinosaur Dude, and for real that's what happened to blockbuster it's what's happening to sears and i think it's just a it, i think this story was just an interesting microcosm of what i think happened a ton around that time where people said hey we're a young company we have this idea uh you know let, let's do something with and they're it. like ha 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 get out of my office exactly and exactly. now they're defunct This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 8 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries. You're listening to MarketScale, the leader in B2B content creation. 